This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our locked on rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Ogumbawale for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hey, 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 what do you say, women's basketball fans? Welcome to this Tuesday episode of Locked on Women's Basketball. I am your host, Erica Lindsay Ayala. And if you are not already following Locked on WBB on Twitter, go ahead and do that. Also, you can follow me, your Tuesday, Thursday host, at elindsay08. That's at E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-0-8. I'm down for L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, but we already know. A-Y first in the alphabet, first in your hearts. Anyway, would love to have you. On today's episode, we're going to talk about March Madness. We're going to talk about WNBA merch and all the things in between. But first, I want to give a shout out and some love to Peter Burkowski that once again invited me onto the Locked On Today podcast. And we started with the biggest news coming out of women's basketball. And of course, that is that UConn Huskies versus Baylor Lady Bears matchup that we got last night. And no, it's not the Final Four. And no, it's not the 2021 championship. We've been denied a championship game since the 2020 uh, tournament was canceled no we got this matchup in the elite eight in the elite eight oh i'm gonna get more into that later on the show but i'm gonna take you over to locked on today my segment with peter burkowski coming up now on locked on women's basketball here is another story you need to know what did you see when Dijanae drove the ball from where you were standing? What did you see? I was surprised they didn't call a foul. Then write it like that. You don't need a quote from me. I've got steel shots and video from two angles. One kid hits her in the face and one kid hits her on the elbow. The UConn women are heading to the Final Four, a record 13 consecutive Final Four appearances. They take down Baylor in a thriller 69-67. Joining me now from Locked On Women's Basketball, Erica Ayala. And Erica, this was a game of runs for both teams. Baylor had a nine-point lead when they lost the heart and soul of their team, Dee Richards, to an injury. UConn goes on a 19-0 run, and it still took a couple calls at the end of the game to decide this one. It is hard for me to feel like the right team is going to the Final Four here. What, are, what is your feeling on it? Wow, <laughs> what a game. I mean, even if you look at the box score, it's it's even throughout. UConn wins the first frame, 26-24. Baylor wins the second frame, 15-11. They're knotted up in the third, 16 apiece. And then 16-12, UConn takes the final frame. But it's really tough without question. Um, and And putting aside the controversy that I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit, Without question, the turning point of this game is Dee Dee Richards going down with an injury. It took a pair of missed free throws for UConn uh, to give Baylor one last shot. And then uh, with under 20 seconds left, they have seemingly no plan. And 
you get a force from Dijonay Carrington over two Huskies defenders. It probably was a foul. What did you make of that last sequence there? There was, there was a lot going on. There was definitely a lot going on. It was not, um, you knew that with, with, you know, like you said, 16 or so seconds, that they had time and they were going to want to shoot and really make their move around the eight second mark, which is what they did. Unfortunately, they didn't have enough motion. There weren't enough screens and UConn did a very good job of keeping two defenders on the ball. And so that eliminated a lot of opportunities you know, you don't have one of your your quicker players on the ball to make that sharp cut, maybe draw a foul, um, going hard to the basket. But that said, even though it wasn't the greatest execution by Baylor, absolutely looked like there was a foul uh, to be called there down the stretch. Baylor did not get that final call. It looked like Aaliyah Edwards did indeed lean in, and that foul goes uncalled. Baylor has to then foul on on their end to stop the clock with 0.8 seconds to go in the game. It's always a pleasure to join Peter Burkowski on Locked On today, and um, I'm actually going to have a chance to pinch hit for Peter Burkowski next week, so I'll keep you updated with that a little bit. But um, Peter and I go on to talk a little bit more about the decision-making of Baylor, but... As Peter and I were talking, I watched the pregame, or excuse me, the postgame interviews that um, Connecticut gave on the court. I did not hop into the media room, but you heard a little bit of that uh, on Locked On today, and that was far from the only thing that um, head coach of the Lady Bears and soon-to-be Naismith Hall of Famer Kim Mulkey had to say about a lot of things. And I'm going to break that down as well. But there was another game last night and a lot more women's basketball action that led up to uh, the Elite Eight. So we are going to recap some of the highlights and maybe not so highlights of the women's basketball tournament as we thin the fields to get to the final four for San Antonio. All that coming up next on Locked On Women's Basketball. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social media audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite sports team. Locker Room is perfect to start or join conversations about your favorite league, about your favorite team. You can find Locked On hosts from across NBA, MLB, and the NHL. I'll be joining the app soon, and so I'm excited to see you there. All right, all right, all right, folks. So, Peter Burkowski doing amazing work on Locked On Today. You heard Kim Mulkey <laughs> asking everyone what they saw. And um, I'll tell you what, you had Natasha Cloud, thought it was a foul. You had um, Swin Cash, thought it was a foul. You had Amanda Zowie B, who I purposely set notifications for AZB because the Yukon Huskies crowd came for AZB. Because she felt Baylor was going to win this game. I think Baylor 
obviously you play the game and it's called March Madness for a reason. But in un, in normal circumstances, no injury. Um, Baylor wins this game in the Elite Eight, sends UConn home. But the Huskies had history on their side. But AZB, I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you for your pick because Baylor, the Baylor Lady Bears dictated the pace of that game without question. Hands down, 100%. And I'm going to be honest, UConn, we know UConn for playing a certain type of game. I wasn't sure if they could run like that. I'm going to give some propos to UConn because I didn't know they could run like that. You know, I'm just saying, you know, UConn traditionally is a certain type of team. I ain't seen that kind of swag in a UConn team since the early 2000s. I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. But, you know, maybe that's my bias because that's back when I was a Huskies fan, ride or die, come whatever. Get all the sports you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Burkowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. But um, here is Gino Oriema and the fantastic Michelle Vopel and happy belated birthday to Michelle Vopel, by the way, uh, of ESPN. She asked Gino um, <laughs> what he makes of some of the social media engagements around the foul that wasn't called. Or if you are some one Natalie Achanwan, now with the Minnesota Lynx um, from Notre Dame, if we're talking collegiate pedigree. But... Uh, <laughs> Natalie Achanwa tweeted the still shot that Kim Mulkey was talking about and said all they needed to do was call one of the three fouls I see here. So obviously Natalie Achanwa, I'm paraphrasing her tweet, but uh, Natalie Achanwa thought, thought it was a foul. You know, LeBron James weighed in, a few other folks weighed in. But here's what Gino Ariema had to say about the whole kerfuffle. Everybody from LeBron James actually to your daughter tweeted that was a foul at the end really think yeah do, do you think this is just sort of in some ways the nature of sports because like you said I guess you could go back through a game and check but when right. games end that way um that, that that just tends to be what people focus on maybe maybe um I don't think LeBron's ever won a game on a bad call by the other team by the other officials do you think I probably doubt it. I probably doubt that in his career he's ever won a game and decided to give it back because he looked at it and went, that was a foul. <laughs> so it is what it is. It is what it is. You know, uh, the officials made one time I asked one of the officials, how did Paige end up on the ground with a Baylor player on, on top of her on loose ball? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> that was the answer. He said, I don't know. So, you, you know, you want to go back and check every single call throughout the entire game and then add them all up, and you, you don't. That's the, nature of, that's the nature of sports. You know, that's the nature of sports. We probably, we probably fouled a number of times during the game and we didn't get called for it. They probably fouled a number of times during the game and didn't get called for it. 
or we got easy, you know, we got free throws because of non-fouls. I mean, you could go back and forth, the whole thing, you know. The bottom line is the, the officials did what they're, what they're going to do. And if they would have said it was a foul, I'd be on the other end going, you can't make that call, make that call a foul. So it is what it is. I'm not going to sit here and apologize for it. And people are going to, you know, want to talk about that the rest of the week. You're welcome to do that. It's not going to change the outcome. And it's not going to make me feel bad that you, that you say it was a foul. So all the drama aside, that was only the first game of the night in the Elite Eight. We had another game, and my my good uh, homie LaChina Robinson was on the call for this one because we had Arizona versus Indiana in the Elite Eight. This is a four versus three matchup in the Elite Eight. So that's another thing our best deals on all smartphones that's another thing there's a lot of conversation about Baylor seated too low shouldn't get UConn in an elite eight matchup but we also get Indiana versus Arizona the number four seed Indiana taking on the three seed Arizona and Arizona gets the win they advance and here's what the bracket is looking like Uh, Let me take you through the matchups that got us first to the Elite Eight. Um, Just so you have, because there have been some upsets, so we'll go through those as well. Of course, the big conversation we were having last week was all about Paige Beckers and Caitlin Clark. Those two went head-to-head, but obviously UConn was the victor. They get the win over Iowa. They get the 92 72 win over Iowa. Baylor advanced to the Elite Eight by beating Michigan. They got that OT win. Drama all across the board for the Baylor Lady Bears. They get the win 78-75 in overtime. That's the River Walk region. In the Mercado region, NC State ousted by Indiana. Woo! Indiana gets that 73-70 victory. Sorry to Ari Chambers, but the Wolfpack gone back home to North Carolina. Arizona gets to the Elite Eight by taking out Texas A&M. What a story Texas A&M had. But it's ultimately Arizona that prevails. And then, of course, Between Arizona and Indiana, Arizona gets the win. UConn gets the win. So that locks up the Riverwalk region and the Mercado region on the top, on the right side of the bracket, excuse me. Let's go to the left, to the left in the Alamo region. We are going to see tonight Stanford versus Louisville. How'd they get to the Elite Eight? I'll let you know. Stanford beats Missouri State. They get that 89-62 win. And Oregon is toppled by Louisville. Louisville gets that win over Oregon. Unfortunately, we see Sabali goes down. 
hoping that she's all right, know that she's come back from a lot of injury. Nayara Sabali, excuse me, uh, sister of Satu, of course. Those two did not get to play together much, though, while at Oregon because of Nayara's injuries. Anyway, uh, Louisville gets that 60-42 win over Oregon. And I talked about North Carolina, but South Carolina gets to the Elite Eight. They will be playing the first game tonight. Um, They got to the Elite Eight by advancing over Georgia Tech. And they will play Texas, who defeated Maryland. Now, I told you earlier in the tournament, I was looking for Maryland to get deep. I was looking for UCL. UCLA to get deep I was expecting big things from NC State and if I had actually made a bracket my bracket would be busted because that's not how it turned out so we have Stanford and Louisville South Carolina and Texas playing tonight Tuesday uh March 30th, that's today, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. We get Texas versus South Carolina. And then 9 p.m. on ESPN, Stanford versus Louisville. They will round out and play for the final two spots in the final four San Antonio. Let's get it going. So that's how we got to our Elite Eight round Uh, Coming up next on the show, I want to talk a little bit about, (laughs) I'm going to go back to Baylor, actually. We're going to round out, we're going to talk about some other comments that Kim Mulkey made, and you know how I feel about coronavirus. You know how I feel about Texas and coronavirus. You got the tournament being played in San Antonio. You got the Baylor coach going off about her thoughts about testing for the final four round, and I me, E. Lindsay, a.k.a. Auntie, I'm going to weigh in on that. And then we will close the show talking about the WNBA. Did they botch their merch release or was it a genius marketing ploy? I'll let you know my thoughts in our final frame of this episode of Lockdown Women's Basketball. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Now, football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and of course, NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine is what you can find on betonline.ag. It also has you covered for all your news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. Yes, free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best because you got it. It is Built Bar Madness. And today's matchup in the bracket is... Cookie dough chunk versus cookies and cream. I have to be honest with you. I have a few Built Bar boxes here in the house right now. Whole family is really into Built Bar. I haven't tried the cookie dough chunk yet. So by default, I'm probably leaning 
toward cookies and cream. But I like the idea of cookie dough chunk. But here's the final four. In case you haven't head over to BuiltBar.com and checked out the bracket, it is cookies and cream versus cookie dough chunk, which is today's matchup, and mint brownie coming in strong. Mint brownie beat out coconut puff. I was rooting for coconut puff last week, but it's coconut brownie chunk that's in the final four. So we'll get that matchup later in the week. So make sure you go to BuiltBar.com, and while you are filling out your bracket, also use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Yes, that's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And don't forget to check out to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar in the Built Bar Madness bracket. All right, folks, I've talked, I've gone off about COVID-19. I was on Locked on Women's Basketball with Peter Burkowski to talk about Texas um, opening up and um, not requiring masks. The women's tournament is obviously all being hosted in Texas. Peter and I talked about that. I'll leave the description in, excuse me, I'll leave the link in the description. So needless to say... When I finished recording Locked On Today with Peter Burkowski late last night and heard some of the comments that Kim Mulkey made, I was pretty upset. I thought I was upset when I watched the game of how the, the, the end of the game transpired, and then I got upset all again, all over again. Here's what Kim Mulkey had to say. Here's her grand plan for testing, for COVID testing, in the final four round. I don't think my words will matter, but after the games today and tomorrow, there's four teams left, I think, on the men's side and the women's side. They need to dump the COVID testing. Wouldn't it be a shame to keep COVID testing and then you've got kids that end up having test positive or something and they don't get to play in the Final Four? So you need to just forget the, the, the COVID test and let the four teams that are playing in each Final Four go battle it out. And of course, there's a lot of controversy. One, Baylor just lost. Two, Baylor is also from the state of Texas, the same state that is not mandating masks. Yes, we have the vaccine right here in New York. Actually, I will be soon. I will be eligible to get my vaccine because I am in the Dirty 30 Club 888. So we see that vaccines are being made more readily available. Um, so the, there is hope on the horizon, but we're not quite there yet. So to hear Kim Mulkey say this, and it's just like, you know, I guess it's kind of maybe she was going for a herd immunity thing. I still think these comments are reckless. I still think this thinking is reckless. So that is my two cents. If you're going to be testing, you might as well keep testing. If I were a player, I'd want to know that I don't have a debilitating virus that that impacts my respiratory system because I was a hooper way back in the day and I remember I would get fatigued after not playing basketball for months I would play at an elite level and then I wouldn't play for months um 
And that impacted my breathing, my ability to breathe on the court. So uh, just by that alone, knowing that there is a virus that can impact your respiratory system that much, ah, yeah, that's a no for me, dog. That's a no for me. So I don't know, Kim. You you uh, and Baylor, though, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, I guess, depending on how you look at it, uh, will not be in the Final Four. So you don't have to worry about the testing protocol. But I hope you and your team remain safe wearing a mask and uh, practicing all of the safety uh, procedures and protocol needed to keep everyone else safe as well. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. Finally, we're going to wrap the show talking about the WNBA. I talked about this. Uh, we had the great Percy who covers Seattle for the Seattle, the Seattle Storm for the Seattle Times. Um, he had a great interview with Sue Bird. She kind of leaked that there would be uh, city jerseys, like city edition jerseys. I don't know. I'm not cool. I don't know what they call them in the NBA. They're basically alternative designs uh, based on the the cities and the markets that the 12 WNBA teams are in. Sue Bird dropped that a couple of weeks ago. We talked about it on the show. And we were getting information from Christina Williams and, and whatnot, other people that you definitely should follow. Remember, I do Essential Resources, Christina Williams, Girls Talk Sports TV, and Essential Resource. But you saw from Christina that we were going to start to get these released. And there is a release date set. And all of a sudden, we see fans posting on social media that they rolled through Dick Sporting Goods and they saw these jerseys. So that's one thing. Dick's and the WNBA, maybe not on the same page. We've got fans. Now we've got people like Christina. You've got people like my homegirl, Jasmine Baker, making contests out of it. She has been... Uh, promising some of those new jersey sets with We Got Game 2, like absolute fire shorts right her design uh she dropped the phoenix design she dropped the emerald city design she dropped the uh minnesota design and has been baiting fans to go find these city edition jerseys WNBA jerseys at dick sports uh dick sporting goods so make sure you're following we got game two make sure you're following christina williams because the sauce is crazy um so that's one thing. Is this a mishap? Was it a mistake? Christina saying that she heard from Dix that there was a little bit of miscommunication. It wasn't clear um, when the jerseys were supposed to be released. You hear other people on social media reporting that the jerseys are gone. They're not on the racks anymore. It's like WNBA City City Jersey Gate or whatever. Uh, Jersey Gate, I guess, for the WNBA. But also... Is this kind of, is this some guerrilla marketing? Is the WNBA using this as guerrilla marketing to entice fans to go check the merch at Dick's Sporting Goods? I'm going to be honest, I don't think so. This seems like something that the WNBA is just fumbling the bag on. But in this case, they might have failed up 
they might have actually failed up because people are talking about this. Now, I'm not going to give them 100% marks, perfect marks across the board because some of these jerseys are not great. You've got Elena Deladon's jersey has a hyphen, although she does not hyphen her name. Her actual name is Elena Deladon. It's not as if it's a hyphenated name. That's a, that's like her name. So that's a, that's a that's a no. Um, the Washington jersey, one of them has rise, which I don't know. I'm not from that area. I feel like I've talked about on this podcast. I don't even really like the DC area, but you see that the price point for some of the jerseys is a hundred dollars. Then you saw some of the jerseys at two fifty, including in Washington. I jokingly was like, well, I hope that extra buck 50 is going towards statehood. Like, what are we talking about? Why are these jerseys more expensive? But also now you've got jerseys with Elena Deladon's name that are going to have to be reissued. And speaking of that, so far we've only seen one player in every market, Arike Agumbawale, excuse me, um, for Dallas. We've seen in Minnesota that it's Sylvia Fowles. We've seen in New York it's Sabrina Ionescu. We've seen in Washington that it is Elena Deladon. Fumble in the bag. I, I respectfully, um, I want Alicia Clarendon New York Liberty jersey, especially one of the designs is a quality on the front. To me, nobody on the New York Liberty right now, especially because obviously a few players have left. AZB always got love for AZB, but anyway, no player on the New York Liberty embodies equality and that push for social justice more than Lasia Clarendon. And honestly, she's probably top three to five in the league overall who are not new but true to the fight for equality equity and social and racial justice not to mention um lgbtq rights so i would like to see them and i would like to get his jersey but i can't do that if all you do is sell me a sabrina yanascu jersey who not for nothing and definitely not by any fault of her own but hasn't even played a full three games in the WNBA. And that brings me to my final point. (sighs) Let me put it this way. If I had the chance to buy these city jerseys or buy Jasmine Baker, uh, Baker's shorts, uh, the shorts that she collaborated with, uh, we got, uh, excuse me, we got game two is Jasmine Baker, but we got game two. Jasmine Baker collaborated with New Jersey sets and Kevin, I am 100% of the time spending my hard-earned money with all this hustle that I do on those shorts and not on these jerseys. I didn't like the Dallas jersey. It's just a, a star. I guess they're going with the lone star, but there's like a red circle. I don't know what that is. Uh, the New Jersey, uh, excuse me, the New York uh, jerseys are nice. Those are the best ones I've seen so far. I don't like the Washington ones. The Minnesota one is a little bit funky too and not funky good, just like funky what? Like, I don't really know what's happening there. So not really thrilled about the design. I've seen some people though shout me out on social media and say, well, hey, that at least we're, we're getting equity in that and equality in that because a lot of people feel that the NBA City Edition jerseys are also not very well designed. I mean, but again, 
don't say that stuff to me because I'm always pushing for women's sports to not use men's sports as the barometer and as their uh, what they're aspiring to be. Be better than what the men have in a lot of ways as far as when it comes to engaging with your fans, as far as when it comes to equity, as far as when it comes to having actual designs that people are going to want to buy and that look good. So I don't know. We'll have to um, stay up with this story as it develops but right now not feeling these city jerseys we still have a few more that have to drop we haven't seen seattle's um haven't seen chicago's um haven't seen atlanta's but other people are reporting that chicago in particular that joint is gonna be fire and you know what i believe it because you know why chicago the chicago sky have been on this merch game they've been 100% on it New York Liberty not bad as well they've really with their new logo have taken that to another level but we are actually going to close out this show talking about the New York Liberty because they unveiled their own the court campaign and who else but Teresa Weatherspoon is the narrator of this new promo so I'm gonna leave you on this episode of Lockdown Women's Basketball, we're going to um, come back later in the week. I'll tell you a little bit more about me doing a cameo on Lockdown Today. We're going to talk about the final four because we'll have the matchups uh, between Stanford and Louisville and South Carolina and Texas in the bag later in the week. I'll get you ready for Howard's show on Friday and we'll talk all the things WNBA um, as a reminder, make sure you're following Locked On WBB and at ELindsay08, that's E L I N D S A Y 08, for all of your women's basketball needs. But let's kick it over to the OG finisher underscore 11, Teaspoon Teresa Weatherspoon herself, the OG kicking off the Own the Crown campaign for the New York Liberty. We're here, and you hear that? We're making noise, we're making moves. We hold the blueprint and we hold the power that runs through the veins of our city. From the kicks on the courts to the tops of the skyscrapers, we reach above. We stay loud when the world goes silent. We show up and we show out. We stay true to ourselves while we enact change. We are an untouchable force, an undeniable influence. You see it. We're the advocates, the heart, the mind, the soul, the pioneers. We've done it. We're doing it. And trust, we will continue to. We give it our all consistently. So let this serve as a reminder. This is our court. This is our city. And we, we own the crown.